sound alike gear, torque bajir, and taxons if you've managed to find some earbuds. Welcome to the Wonder Yerks for all your animals rereading and sometimes rewatching needs. I'm Sarah. I'm Blair. And I'm Sita. Hey oh. Hey, it's Animorphs time again. Animorphs. <laughs> it sure is. Um Time Dot is, is instructing me that it's World Book Day. Hey, that's good. <laughs> hey. On account of that, we all we must read, read one books. of those. We sure yeah. did. Uh, I, I can't, like, this show has been, yeah, this show, these are the only books I have read over the last, like, two years, and, like, sometimes I get kind of bummed about the fact that I don't read books anymore, despite my best efforts, and then I remember that I, like, despite the fact that it's definitely young adult fiction, it and they are bite-sized, I do still read a book every two weeks. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, like, in January, I was feeling really pumped up. I read two books really quickly. I mean, not as qu- I used to read two books, like, a day, so it's nothing. Right. But I read two books in January and was like, I can read 50 books this year. That's a book a week. That's nothing. <sighs> I have not read a book except Animorphs since then. I've been reading the same Star Wars book for, like, since January. <laughs> I, I, it's not I, a hard I... book, but it's a really good book, so I don't want to, like... I'll eat through it all at once. Right. So, so my, my my current progress report is I have been reading Devil in the White City for at, since at least I was a junior in college. So that's four years. I'm about 100 <laughs> pages into that one. Um, I'm currently doing a reread of A Song of Ice and Fire, which I started maybe five years ago. And uh, I'm on book two, about three-fifths of the way through. Um, I, I read the first 20 pages of 1Q84 twice and was like, this is a good book. I should keep reading this. And then I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I'm like three-fourths of the way, th- or, no, I'm like, no, not three-fourths. I'm like one-fourth of the way through Perdido Street Station. That's also a book that I think is pretty cool. Um, yeah, someone lent me a book <laughs> last year sometime. So the stakes are high because I have to finish it so I can get it back to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have, I've been sitting at about a hundred pages left for maybe three months now uh and i don't i just don't know how to finish books anymore i think i think the part of my brain that knows how to finish books is broken because and then someone else bought me a book so they could talk about it with me like spent money on it so as an initiative to be like here's a guilt reason for you to read this book and i still haven't even touched it uh, but I like, do read it. <laughs> I'm at the, I'm at the point where like where like even like quote unquote like picture books like manga for like I bought Uzumaki. I bought the complete hardcover volume of Uzumaki back like in November, and I'm still like halfway through it. It's fun to have a human brain. I could knock that out in like an hour maybe, and like I just haven't. Yeah, doesn't give me enough stimulation. <laughs> I need more colors. I, and I need more dopamine. <laughs> I need the, I, I need a dopamine machine, please. I, need a dopamine I can't machine, I cannot I can't be on my cell phone when I'm reading. Mm-hmm. I, oh. The thing is, I can't listen to podcasts while I do it. Okay, yeah. literally, that's it. Um, there's just so many podcasts. Um, if I could consume both at the same time, I think uh, I would transcend humanity. But also, yeah. like, I'd get so much done. Yeah. Y'all been y'all been chomping any fresh podcasts lately? Anything recent that you tried that you like? Sure. We can talk about podcast recommendations off the air because we read a book this week. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. We did a book. We read book thirty-five, the The Proposal. Po- the Proposal. Uh the strangely named proposal. Um, yeah, I so the past few books I feel like I've messaged y'all after and been like did the title have any fucking thing to do with this book? Um, and it's mostly been no. Um, 
or like maybe <laughs> dubiously yeah 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 this one i feel like was too on the nose like they really overcorrected <laughs> um because it meant that as soon as we're introduced to like the main conflict of the book or one of the main conflicts of the book which is marco's dad is dating again you're like mm-hmm. oh so <laughs> this is gonna escalate like <laughs> It's it's so like the opposite of what the problem usually is, which is like what was what was the uh like what was the one that I was really furious about most recently? The conspiracy yeah, it, maybe? Oh yeah. Where there was <laughs> and no there was conspiracy, no conspiracy theory except for like the grand conspiracy of Yerks, I guess. Sorry, yeah. sorry, no. Uh, la- last week's was the prophecy that you were just, just like the prophecy. Like, the, also, the night... I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. The, the day after, the day after we recorded uh, at like 11, 11 p.m., you just text that says, "Hey guys, hey, hey, <laughs> why was this book called the prophecy?" Right. I was editing the episode and was like, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Oh no! Well, you know what? But yeah. The, for for once, the this book this book makes this book has a title that makes kind of sense. It, it makes, sense, makes sense, but in the worst way. Yeah. Um. um the cover is great, though. Okay, so it's um since it's uh it's transitioning from dog to Marco uh left to right as uh, the English language is read, it does look like the dog is anamorphing into Marco. Um. <laughs> Now oh. that would have been a fun twist. Yes. <laughs> the, thing but, real, the thing that really kills me the most about this book cover is the fact that the dog is on its hind legs. Yes. Um, and also that the second to, I guess, last, if we're counting it from human to animal instead of animal to human. Humans is animal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, it does look like the dog is wearing scrubs. In the in the penultimate, <laughs> oh, it really does. It also kind of um like the where the poofy tail is. It kind of looks like Marco's like left foot is kicking up. Yeah, like he's just, like he's just doing that like the the foot pop thing from Princess Diaries. Sure, it looks yeah. like a nurse dog that is surfing. <laughs> surfing and I just nurse dog. I I understand why the arms are out because dog, yeah. but also it just doesn't. It just looks really ominous What's, so the thing that's really the thing that's really perplexing to me is that normally these things are layered from like the topmost layer is human the bottommost layer or, or like maybe not the bottommost like the topmost layer is human and then also on the top layer is the animal and then like it's top it, like the human and the further you get from human the further back in layers it goes mm-hmm. but like the third one is just kind of relegated to the background here you barely see any of it Mm-hmm. Because, I think like, the, that they were really proud of the second to last one, and they didn't know what to do with the wrists of the middle one. <laughs> the thing is, I feel like they didn't really know what to do with the leg of the of the of the second to last most one, because like that leg just kind of stops in between the proposal and where it says Caplegate's name. Yeah. yeah. Also, is it just me, or does the dog not look correct? Like the dog, the dog does not look correct. The arms are not quite right for no. what the dog's yeah, t- arms would be. That torso also looks really big for a poodle. Yeah, I think that this dog was photoshopped. <laughs> like I think Well, that, they're all painted. Yeah, I just I think that it was also, like based not based off of an actual reference, like it was based right. off of a poodle that was actually standing up. 
but also, on, yeah. like a dog does. Yeah. Not to be this kind of person, but also the dog has bows, which unless those bows are built into the dog's DNA, Marco would not have as the poodle. <laughs> as you should know, all toy poodles come with bows. It's genetic like, bows. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good to know. Is mm-hmm. that why? All the, is that why all the cartoon poodles have like bows on their tails and shit? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, okay. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Real. They were bred, and I, and I guess I, I guess I, I guess like labradoodles and stuff like that. Like the the poop part is just like what has the bow the bow DNA. Labradoodles don't get the bow. And the doodle, yeah, yeah, yeah. The doodle's like the normal bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> the normal bit. Uh, you know. <laughs> um. So, we open uh, this book on Marco and his dad playing video games. Yes. Uh, and Marco just really bragging about how badass he is at video games. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he, like, is... he, he, offers a, he offers a nice laundry list of games that he can beat your ass at. Uh-huh. <sighs> Which is, it, it's it's charming. It's very, it's, it's very like, it, I very much like it because like originally in these books, like I remember in the first book, like marco's uh marco and jake like reference some video game that just does not exist but like now that capital has ghostwriters they're actually making pop culture references because he's like i'll beat you in anything tekken duke nukem nfl blitz like he's just listing things off like he's in a commercial for he like it just feels like that commercial that's like hey can you tighten up the graphics on level four for like the game design university from like the mid-2000s uh-huh. i doubt either of you do you, either of you know what i'm talking about when no. I reference that commercial. <laughs> cool figured as much that's fine. Um, yeah, this is a little nostalgic for me, only because not because I was a video gamer, but my sister was, and she would play my dad all the time on video games. So I just like um, watch my dad get his ass kicked, just like for fun, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, <laughs> to appease I, I... his child. I used my dad used to play video games with me sometimes, and he would just get my ass kicked. But also, I'd be really bad about it because I would pause every three seconds to scratch my nose, and he oh, would sure, get really sure. mad about it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yep, yeah, so, uh, he, he does a, he does a video game and then Marco's dad gets a phone call from his new honey. And he answers ha- it like, hey, Pookie. And Marco's <laughs> like, ugh. And you're like, oh, I guess Marco's dad is dating somebody. And I guess it's Marco's math teacher. Like, the, 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 the fact that she, the fact that this character has not been mentioned at all before just made me instantly think like, oh, this is a controller. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that was, yeah, for sure. I like that they threw in that detail pretty quickly. They were like, well, yeah. obviously, I had to tell my friends that my dad was dating somebody so that we could make sure she isn't an enemy agent. So we stalked her for a few days, and it seems like she's just a human. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting how that's sort of like, there's no secrets in your life. Well, there are secrets, but they're like, you know, the emotionally daunting kind and not yeah. <laughs> um yeah so so marco's math teacher nora robinette um is uh uh dating uh, marco's dad and marco is like has a few emotions about the whole situation which ma- mainly annoyance i think um so he turns on the tv to like drown out the nonsense. Mm-hmm. Oh, can we say that the dog that is in the cover is is a is a toy poodle named Euclid. A toy yes. poodle, not in love with the with that idea, but so fucking badass that it's named Euclid. I think that's amazing. I know that that was a math guy, like a really important math guy who invented uh-huh. one of the types of math. 
Uh Um, but I really just can't help but think this is a toy poodle named after the SCP like it's categorization. (laughs) Yeah, like 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 after after the Great Yerk War, when everything settles down, like like she'll bring home a new puppy and just name it like Keter. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's great. And Marco hates this dog because this dog seems to hate Marco, uh, which is great. Um, yeah, really he, aggressively. He turns okay. on the TV and he... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Well, I mean, we'll get more to it later. But, like, the fact that he has enough contact with this dog because this this Nora is bringing the dog regularly over to the their house mm-hmm. is just ridiculous to me. Really? Um, Why is that... Well, I, I can't, like, well, maybe it's a dog thing. I would never bring my pet over to, like, like the person I'm, like, macking on's house, you know? But no, maybe that's have totally to... dog people, especially small dogs, because they can't be alone for as long. <laughs> that's true. Because they got smaller bladders. That's very true. Also, it doesn't sound like this dog is very well trained. So <laughs> I, bet very that, true. I bet that it has a lot of, like, separation anxiety <laughs> like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh yeah um we learn pretty quickly about this talk show host named william roger Tennant, who's like takes calls from people and gives advice and he's basically recruiting vulnerable people who call in to the sharing and because mm-hmm. of his name obviously i was picturing david Tennant. Um, yeah and then they said he has a ponytail and i was like uh-oh um and then i googled david Tennant ponytail uh, and I really think everyone should, um, because apparently oh. he, had, he he got hair extensions when he was in Richard the Third, whichever the fucking Shakespeare one is. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And it looks pretty good, like, when he has his hair down, um, when he's actually on stage. It looks pretty decent, but he uh-huh. did, like, a Doctor Who panel at that time. This was in 2013. Uh, he did a what with Catherine Tate, mm-hmm. and uh, he just has this terrible ratty ponytail that just looks like it has it. It looks like his hair hasn't been conditioned in 17 years, and it's so it's such a problem. <laughs> he looks like Todd Howard with a mullet. He does. He looks a lot like Todd Howard with a mullet. <laughs> so so. The thing is, like, ten, like the fact that the guy's last name is Tennant obviously made me think David Tennant, but the instant ponytail came into my head, like, David Tennant got wiped from my brain and fucking uh, Penn Gillette just, like, slapped right on top of that yeah. image. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wonder who know this, what I was I, picturing. I, like, <laughs> I, feel like the, I feel like the other time that there have been, like, not, like, celebrities that don't quite have names, like, with the, like, with the fucking... Uh, J- what the fuck was his name? D- the the fucking home improvement kid, the one no. who was in Lion King. Yeah, JTT. Whatever. Yes, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Thank yes. you. Yes. Um, there was a character who was very much that. Yes. Um, I, and I, I I spent like the rest of this book just trying to describe like who is this guy supposed to be? Like maybe maybe like maybe Doctor Cavill... Phil or something. But the three names the three names thing just seems so specific. He's going to become uh, a famous presidential assassin is what that means. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't know. I really couldn't tell because I can't, I can't think of any 90s talk show hosts who were super 
um, into animals because that seems to be a big part of his deal and charity yeah. and stuff. I'm sure there yeah. was that, you know, that was starting to get hip in the 90s. So, <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah, caring about the earth uh, <laughs> was starting it's, to become it's such a, a fad. St- Not enough it's of a fad, a- <laughs> but, you know. It's such a strange character because it's like, well, the person that this yerk is... Oh, so, by the way, that... Yeah, he it's a yerk. Um, yeah. This, this person that the yerk is inhabiting is just a, such a good person, like, just a genuinely good person with no skeletons in their closet. I'm like, they're on television. That can't possibly be true. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the skeleton in the closet is, like, the yerk. Yerk, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's And it's it. not even just on television. It's a self-help guru... With yeah. a talk show. Like, it's... literally, le- legally, you are not allowed to have that job until you can prove that you are responsible for at least one person's death. <laughs> or something. <laughs> I just really liked this character, so I'm having a good time imagining a world in which he could exist. <laughs> no, you're <laughs> you know? so right. I'm, I was I'm like, the cynic nice. here. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I get it. I totally get it. Especially since we get, like, sort of, like, later when they're they're trying to dethrone this person because he's now a controller uh we get a a little insight of like a brief thing that you know would come up later they're basically they're like we're gonna find some dirt we're gonna cancel him and then rachel's like but that doesn't work if you're an athlete or a politician because they're immune and it was like ooh, still huh oh (laughs) so now it's just like you know all white men but yeah forever yeah um uh (laughs) Can't fucking cancel anyone. What's there's this cancel culture I hear so much about? <laughs> can't fucking cancel anyone. Are you kidding me? They're this all is still cancel out culture. There. Cancel culture yeah, is I, when I, uh, uh, six teenagers uh, with with uh, alien technology uh, 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 come together to try to um, get you to freak out over some cockroaches <laughs> in your salad. Yeah. Like, like I, I, I am very much about, like, uh, to say this point, I am very much like that one scene from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air where Will, where Will Smith just, like, after they get robbed or something, and Will Smith just, like, walks in the room and is like, where are the video games at? Except for it's, <laughs> where are the cancels at? Where are the cancels yeah. at? Mm-hmm. Where are the cancel culture at? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've gotten ahead of ourselves slightly. I, Marco basically realizes, fuck, this guy is, like, a super famous... A person with like a lot of influence over vulnerable people and also a controller now gotta go hang out with jake and marco's dad gives the first go at having a well i gotta get out there sometime champ discussion with him well marco's like i know dad i have to go save the world though (laughs) (laughs) and marco's base i love god i just marco's dad is such a great character he is. As yeah. Like, and, like, Marco's whole plot line as, like, an exploration of grief and, like, how complicated mm-hmm. it is. Obviously, Marco's <laughs> grief is more complicated uh, than your average, but not a lot more complicated, honestly. <laughs> like, the thing is, the thing is yeah. that, like, I, I am, I, I, I think that, like, all, pretty much all of the family members of the Animorphs are so, at least somewhat developed characters. Like, you know, I, I, I'm interested in learning more. I, I'm pretty much interested in learning more about all of them. But, mm-hmm. like, I just want, like, a three-book trilogy about Marco's dad and just, like, what he's doing when, like, his son is off, like, saving the world and stuff. Yeah. I want to watch TV with that dad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, I want to yeah. he- I want to hear him spout some useless baseball facts. 
Yeah, he does seem like that type of dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, uh, yeah, he's basically like, hey, listen, like, your mom died two years ago. Like, I can't be alone forever, and I know that must be hard for you. And Marco's like, yes, dead, dead mother. Mother is dead. I have to leave. Goodbye. <laughs> and then he tries to become an osprey, and I was already like, I don't like how this morph is going, because... Before he gets any bird features, he just becomes a bird-sized man for a minute. I didn't like... I just didn't like it. I don't know. (laughs) I just didn't like it. And then it describes his feet starting to melt together. And then everything kind of goes wrong. It's kind of... It's almost Kafka-esque. Is that annoying to say? No, Um, I think it's He becomes a lobster. (laughs) Yeah. He becomes um, a lobster-osprey mix. A lospray. Lospray. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or an ospster. Ospster. Mm, I think Lost, Lost Ray works better. better, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and he, so he can't morph, and so he has to bike to Cassie's, and it takes half an hour, and it must feel, like, torturous when you're used to flying. The only thing I can think of is, like, when you're playing a Pokemon game and you get to a, a point where you have to walk instead of using your bike, yeah. and yes. it just feels like it takes for fucking ever to do anything. Mm-hmm. It's like that, but even one level up. <laughs> Where you're like, I'm used to being a bird. Now I have to bike. Ugh. I, I'm used to being a bird. Now I have to. Now I have to eat some spicy food and turn into a car. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that would Mar- still be pretty fast. Yeah, Marco's the Marco is the turbo teen. But you have to. You have the thing is about that. You have to like obey traffic laws. Yeah. Hmm. Especially, and if they are, as I assume they are, somewhere in California, uh, that the traffic's just going to be rough wherever you are. That's true. Um, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We we have we have like officially de- we have like officially sleuthed out that they are in California, right? I think especially after a we, book like this, where it's like, we, hey, yeah. <laughs> this major a television celebrity with a talk show, we can just like go to his house and studio, uh, which is not something you can do in the Midwest, I don't think. <laughs> well, well, let's let's just Google where Hanson is from, because <laughs> um, Hanson plays a role in this. Name brand Hanson shows up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but so everyone calls, uh, Marco out on arriving 30 minutes late, I guess, even though he's the one who, <laughs> yeah, even and, though he called it together. Yeah. What, and which, uh, one of the complaints is that Rachel's like, I'm missing Felicity. And then Tobias is like, you mean we're missing Felicity? <laughs> <laughs> I love Tobias so I much. I <laughs> love them so much. We get so many good, like rare interpersonal interactions in this book i mm-hmm. feel like <laughs> um because we'll we'll get more in depth when we get there but we also get a, a several um marco cassie team team ups which we oh, never yes. see yes oh this is so this is so good for just like some marco cassie friendship stuff oh so, god i love cassie <laughs> but also the idea marco. of um rachel and tobias not just like being wild animals together but like just watching tv together it's so sweet it's so fun yeah it's amazing (laughs) and i uh there's a very quickly when they're they're trying to describe to axe who this person is they're saying that he's like you know a self-help guru and he writes he has a talk show and he takes calls and he writes self-help books and they're like He's like, what is a self-help book? And they say, oh, it's something that basically teaches you how to be a person. And he is like, oh, so it says, like, consume necessary nutrients and breathe sufficient air. And then someone says, hey, Axe made a joke. And he says, 
I did. Which, it's so good. I really like that because there have been a lot of times recently where people are like, I swear to God that Axe is developing a sense of humor. And I'm like, I don't think he is. <laughs> I mean, maybe a little bit. But also I think that's his natural form. Just like, I did? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's also there's also a very good there's also uh, a very good line that he has earlier where um, what is it someone's talking about like you know w- women go to like men go to whatever it is women yeah. go to whatever mm-hmm. um, and yeah more uh, men go to Neptune women go to Venus and acts is like Neptune is very uh, insuitable for for living. And then uh, Cassie corrects and is like, ah, it's Mars, actually. Axe just kind of jumped in. Mars may be marginally habitable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a boy. Which I love. I think, I like to think that that's hinting at, like, the fact that maybe, like, classic gray aliens exist in this world. Like, you're, you're Martian. You're straight up <laughs> yes! Martian. I, I don't like think, think that. that's what's happening, but I want it to be what's happening. Yeah, me too. <laughs> And yeah, this is when they're basically like, well, we can't let this guy have power while he's a controller, so we're going to try and dig up some dirt on him by stalking him. And this is when Rachel's like, haha, yeah, we're going to hashtag cancel him. Um, yeah. And so as they're assigning their duties, we learn something that I'm so happy about, which is that Marco loves the Powerpuff Girls. Yes. <laughs> because he's like, oh, why did we have to have sat- Saturday morning watch duty? There's a Powerpuff Girls marathon on, and Cassie is gently like, well, you wanted to watch the South Park marathon. And he's like, I know, but now I want to be watching Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> like, oh my god, the duality of man. And there's like, as they're sort of talking, casually, they're having like, you know, their stakeout conversation. And I love to imagine like, just, you know that laser crab that's always in memes that are like, be gone brand? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's how I that's how I picture Cassie when she sees an opening to talk to Marco about his feelings. <laughs> <laughs> but like a seagull instead. Yes. Like, he's like, I, I don't know how I feel. And she's like, locked on. <laughs> how are you feeling? I, I, I thought you meant I thought you meant like a more literal interpretation of that meme, and I just like I, I just like pictured it saying like be gone irony. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, Marco is so irony poisoned. Yeah. <laughs> Poor son. Some people irony poison to cope. Yes. <laughs> um, oh. I.e. Marco. Yeah, um, very much so. It's, not, it's, <laughs> it's almost comforting in a way to know that, like, like I know it was a thing in the 90s because I did it. Like, right. <laughs> I was also that kid. Um, but it's kind of comforting to know that it isn't just being chronically online that has ruined all of us, you know? <laughs> people have always been really bad at being vulnerable. <laughs> We've always been broken. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Humanity is not inherently open with each other. <laughs> We're uh, still figuring it out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, uh, I like that they're basically, they figure out that like, oh, this guy has a bunch of birds. We're going to become cockatiels and stuff. And mm-hmm. Marco makes a callback to when they became parrots to, like, fuck up the Rainforest Cafe in the mall. Yeah. Which I really liked, because we so rarely get callbacks to, like, just the mischievous, like, the opener bits, you know? Like, we might get callbacks to actual missions. But that was just an opener. I just really liked that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, oh, also, basically, Cassie's attempt to talk about feelings doesn't go super well. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, who could imagine? Mark, because Mark, yeah. because Marco is like, I don't want to talk about it, and then he just kind of, it's kind of like that thing where it's like, I'm done with these arguments. And another. Thing. I just think it's kind of funny that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for like half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> And Cassie just kind of inter- it just like Marco just like notes that Cassie only just was like mm-hmm and bummer. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh. it's great. I also I like when they all become squirrels because I think it's so cute and it is. we get two incredible squirrel moments where Axe dismantles the alarm as a squirrel <laughs> and then they need to tear open a window and so we find out that Jake as a squirrel has just been carrying a knife. <laughs> Jake, what do you have? A, a knife. knife. <laughs> no. He was probably he was probably a boy scout. Who was the the it was one of the original writers has been tweeting some of his old art, right? Yes. Um hmm? <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't remember who, but uh It yeah, was one it was of one the of... ghostwriters, I think. Or maybe one of the people who worked on the show. I, I didn't look very much into it, but he was writing some of his... He showed some of his original, like, not concept art, because he wasn't an artist. Uh, what kind but, of concept art? Yeah. Um, <laughs> of, of an Andalite from the original mm-hmm. series Bible. And mm-hmm. Axe is holding... I mean, probably not a gun. It's a blaster or, or like, a, a Dracon beam or whatever. Space gun. Space gun. <laughs> And then I, I, Blair was like, oh my god, axe with a gun. And I just immediately pictured that exact thing. But it's like, Jake, like, what do you have? And axe is like, a gun. <laughs> and, and Marco's like, oh my god, why does he have a gun? <laughs> uh, it's really oh no. delightful. I'm definitely going to link that art in the show notes because it's very good. Yes, 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 uh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, is it was it? It wasn't by Michael. No, Michael Grant is K uh, is Caplegate's uh, husband, I think. Oh, no, so co-author. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, it's him. Yeah, okay. it's the one. That's yeah, cool. I found. Yeah, something from the series Bible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh. Uh, also, okay. I, I took I took to Twitter to find this, and I got the Twitter update. And folks, it fucking sucks. Shocking. Um, they're they, sneaking they... around Tenant's house. Yes, as squirrels. And then uh, Marco talks about how it feels very innocent to be a squirrel. But yeah. as soon as he moves into a human, he's like, well, now I feel conspicuous, which makes sense. But I think the idea of a squirrel being innocent um, is probably a, an idea only a squirrel has. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think they're always up to no good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can't trust a squirrel. Oh, not as far I'm, as you can throw it. I'm from a place with, like, sort of legendarily aggressive squirrels. Sure. Um, like, if you go onto some of the, like, forums for local schools, like the universities and stuff, people will be like, what the fuck is with Kingston squirrels? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. Um, I got into a habit of kicking garbage cans before I put stuff into them because so many times I would open the flap to like put garbage and a squirrel would fly at my face. That has happened to me before. It is and terrifying. It's terrifying. It's so scary. And I understand that they're scared too, but I'm just trying to get to work. You know, <laughs> we both, you both can be scared. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that's just how, um, life beings interact with. That's a normal way to phrase that. Uh, life beings, it... yes, exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> living things um, interact with one another. Living things. So they all become <laughs> cockatiels, and <laughs> Marco cannot control this morph, uh, yeah. like at all. Which is adorable, singing. but also you it's, know. Yeah. And so He's we base, we get like tenant uh, answering the phone, and it's clearly Visser three on the other end. And I love this bit because. It's so clear that Visser Three is like monologuing on the other end of the phone, because and so like Marco can't stop himself from like tweeting all over. Same, uh-huh. um, and uh, uh, Tenant's like, no, I don't think we should kill the bird. It would sort of ruin my reputation. Um, yep, yeah, no, one day we will get to kill everything. Very true. Uh huh. Yes, I'm also looking forward to it. Definitely looking forward to exterminating some species. Okay, great. And it's like, oh my god, you know Visser 3 is just like going off on the other end. Oh my god, I just, I didn't like think about it in those words, and but when you described it specifically as monologuing, like my, t- my chest just like grew so warm and I had such <laughs> intense affection towards... Um, Saturday morning cartoon villain Visser 3. He's I just know. my favorite. He's just my favorite. <laughs> I know. I love him so much. And then switching very quickly from like cartoonish to horrific, uh, Tenet basically sort of like loses his mind a little and starts yeah, to Yeah, because beat... Marco shits on the desk. Yeah, and he starts to just beat him with a book, which sucks because he's a yeah. bird. He's just yeah. a little bird. Yeah. Um, but then this, I think this is one of the reasons why I love this character so much is that the whoever Tenant was before feels so strongly about animals and about his birds that he actually fights the Yerk to save the bird's life. Mm-hmm. Like he manages to stop, and we know that's not easy. Like right. we know that is hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are like, like the only other the only other memorable instance of it to uh, the only other memorable instances of it to me are like rebelling for family members' sake. Like I remember uh, in like the second book with uh, where Rachel goes into Chapman goes like goes as Chapman's cat. Like her like Rachel or Chap- Melissa's Chapman's parents like fight back against their controller. Yeah. For her for their daughter's sake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this person is clearly very passionate, and I appreciate that about him. And he's also mm-hmm. yet another... I feel like we come up against a lot of toupees in this universe. <laughs> Am I oh. wrong? Am I, like, over... I feel like this is, like, the third, per, like... No, you're not ...antagonist who's, to, who's toupee we've stolen. <laughs> it's so strange. I feel like it was more of a fixture of, like, like the 70s and 80s than it was really the 90s, you know? Yeah. Because people just, and now these days, you kind of just accept the fact that you're going bald. I think it's more fashionable to just do that. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah. I, I mean, I guess it's funny. Two bays are funny, I guess. <laughs> I guess. But. I mean, if I think about it, I definitely remember, like, toupees getting stolen off of villains in a lot of movies of my childhood. So yeah. I guess it was, I mean, it was probably, like, kids who grew up in the 70s getting old enough to make movies and being like you know what's funny it's two pays two pays it's a very 70s sounding word too it is incredibly <laughs> um, and yeah this all goes really badly this whole oh, plan yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> um because they basically are like oh shit marco's gonna get beat to death 
you know, Autobots roll out. Uh, right. And so they're starting this big unnecessary, this big fight that they didn't expect to be in. Mm-hmm. And then Marco tries to morph into a gorilla and goes half gorilla, half trout, which is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a that, problem. It's the gills. Yeah. It is the gills. It is the um, gills. He, he can't breathe. It's a similar problem with the lobster. Lobster can't breathe. Uh, trout can't breathe. Yeah. So he's got the gills. And so he has like an intense moment of panic until Tobias like talks him down basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then everyone's, like, Jake especially is very, like, hey, if this was an issue, why didn't you communicate the fact that this was an issue? Because um, we can't just have, like, dangerous morphing issues. When well, it... well R- Rachel goes in on him for it first. Right. And then, oh, yeah. And then, oh, and then, oh, you're and totally then right. Mark, and then Marco's like, didn't you do the exact same thing yeah. when you were allergic? And Rachel's uh-huh. like... I'm gonna let someone else yell at you for this. I love that moment so much. It's She's just so like, perfect. fair enough. Maybe this isn't my fight, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good moment. Oh. A lot of good callbacks in this book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is a very offhand moment in this that broke my heart um, where Marco is talking, like, through, where basically Cassie's like, hey, like, I know you're under a lot of stress. You have to talk to us. Like, you have to. And Marco's like, we're all under stress. Whatever. And Cassie's like, oh, okay, yeah, but, like, bud, like, you need to, you know, you know, you gotta. You just have to. And Marco it basically goes on a tangent where he's like, oh, whatever. Like, yeah, I'm sure my dad's dating somebody. But, like, it's not like she's gonna stick around for a long time. Because, like, how could she possibly stand me? Ha ha ha. Yeah. And it's like, buddy... Marco, honey. And, like, everybody moves on because there's a lot going on. But it's, like, it's just one of those offhand comments that feels way too real where he's like, yeah, how could anybody stand me? I don't know. LOL. And it's like, oh. Oh, no. Yeah. And he says, we all have problems. We're not exactly the poster children for mental health week, which is truly, this feels all, this is, like, the closest thing to our influence seeping into the books where we're just like, hey get the therapy <laughs> yeah this this is us this is like this ghost whoever wrote this one this is one of us traveled back in time to pen this book yeah absolutely. or like we, we, we at least like traveled back in time and like visited the editor's house yes yeah yeah um to the point where like therapy is even like brought up as an option at one yeah. point yeah before they're like we don't we can't really have that as an option, I guess. Which makes me so badly want to create an OC where, like, it's just a just a cool adult who's in on it and knows what's going on. Is yes, just exactly. I know. My, That's that, all that is, I want. It's my fate. Like my favorite trope about like young adult, like young adult fiction, where like things have to be kept secret. The cool adult who's in on things. That's my. That's one of my favorite tropes. I love it so much, and I want it so badly. I think becoming an adult has made me uh, want that more because you just see a bunch of children doing things and you're like you sh- can someone get someone who has like a mortgage to pay into this situation please? yeah absolutely <laughs> please someone someone who pays rent please care for these children <laughs> yeah. 
it has truly like not I'm not going to go on a full tangent about it and I'm sure I've mentioned this before but it has truly made rereading Harry Potter almost impossible because first I'm stressed about all of these children throwing themselves into life-threatening situations and then the adults show up and they don't do shit yeah nothing and I'm like what the fuck guys (laughs) like these are actual children yeah this kid is 12 yeah do anything do anything. <laughs> like at least, the, at least the adults and animals have the excuse of like not knowing what the fuck is happening. They, I really wish that like they would get. You know the show, The Weekenders. Yes. Ha- and yes. Tino's I mom. Want, yes, I want Tino's mom. Yeah, I really wish it could be like one of their parents, or I wish that like Tom would get uncontrolled, and yes, then they could go to Tom, and he'd be like, turns chair around, like. <laughs> Yes. You know? Oh my god, yes. no. He's I, just like, yes. it's like, like in Spider-Man Homecoming, like Tom's just the man in the chair. And like, he's still a child, but like, you know. He's, he's a little older. He's a little older. He's a teen at least. And yeah. He's like an older teen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh my god. Teen Animorph. Teen. But not really. <laughs> just like, he's just there. Yeah. Um, yeah, these are my desires. <laughs> uh, so you, I just saw the picture that you linked, and I love it so much. Yes, that's the Andalite from the Bible. It's, it, it, the Andalite it has, from the Bible. <laughs> that, that Jesus has, was an Andalite. <laughs> that that gesture has the same like this. Just this picture has like the same like uh, energy to me as like you may not know what I'm talking about. I may have to pull up the image, but like there was this like like stu- like uh, uh, taxidermied like monkey kind of white monkey looking thing that people always pose as like a incredulous wondering emotion. Do either of you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I think for so. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Where it just kind of looks like like the hands around. I was like, what? What? Yeah, yeah. Like, this this has a very similar energy to me. Absolutely. <laughs> Except the, for the monkey has a gun. Yeah, the meme it makes me think of most is trust nobody, not even yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, especially um, with the tail pointing at himself. Yes. <laughs> um, God. Okay, so. <laughs> Refocus. Yes. There's a moment where Marco's, like, listing off everybody and their various problems, and he offhand calls Jake a dumb jock playing at being a military commander, and Jake's like, a dumb jock? <laughs> <laughs> I love that moment! And I don't even think it's very accurate, but I think it's very funny. It's so funny. I mean, I love to think that, like, Jake is not athletic, but he's just slightly more athletic than Marco. And so Marco's like, he's such a fucking jock. (laughs) It's like, no, you just can't run, Marco. You just don't know. You just don't know how to do anything. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Uh, And, yeah, and we get Marco, like, God, I just, I love... Even though, again, every single time that Marco gets self-reflective, it's because he's been forced into a really shitty situation. But Mm -hmm. he basically admits that, like, he's been waiting for the potential of his mom coming home. And with his dad getting a new girlfriend, it feels extra impossible. Like, on top of the fact that she is a controller, and then on top of the fact that she may or may not be exploded. Mm -hmm. Um and he's basically like, yeah, so this kind of seals the deal and makes it extra impossible for my mom to come home. Great. I'm going to go walk in on my dad making out with his girlfriend now. Yeah. And oh. get attacked by a dog and acquire the dog to try yeah. and shut it up. So, so, so I, I think it's like either around, I think it's around this point that it's like revealed that the reason that Marco is doing bad morphs that are like mixing with each other is because of some, is because of the undue amount of stress on him. Mm-hmm. And like. 
not to say that Marco's stress is not invalid because it is very valid, but also like I feel like these children are put in that level of stress on a daily basis. Well, that's literally Marco's whole point, right? Like he's right. like we're yeah. all under stress. But I yeah. think like later Cassie makes the point that I think is very I'm very glad they made this point, which is that every other kid as complicated as their support system might be, has a support system outside of the Animorphs. Like, they all have families as complicated as those families might be and as riddled with controllers as those families might be. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, other than yeah, Tobias, yeah, of course. Yeah, point, point. Marco only has his dad, and he didn't really have his dad for, like, over a yeah. year while his That's dad a, was that... sort of, like, under, like, in depression, and he... Um, had to become the adult figure and assume a lot of responsibility that is not fair to put onto a child, but that happens sometimes. Um, yeah, you, you got a point. I, I rescind my complaint. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's, uh, yeah, because that's that's sort of like the whole, like, tension of the book. And I think it's it's totally legit. Like, any one of them could have broken at any time. And honestly, they have. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just like my, 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 I, I was kind of just surprised that like this Marco's the first one to have it manifest like this, but you're right. It's because Marco, it's because Marco's emotional support system is bottle everything up. And then when that doesn't work, find a bigger bottle. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Though I will say like, I think that the morphing thing, uh, is ran, is pretty random. Like I, yeah. It it doesn't it does it feels like oh what's another way that we can make morphing not quite work if you're like whatever and it's like it felt sort of like this is just the thing that we're gonna do ah! and yeah. it's like okay that's fine but eh <laughs> it's just it's a plot device and that's totally fine you yeah, need those sometimes but yeah so they devise a plan to so yeah so uh, a really bad Tenet, plan they don't do a, a good really, job it's like such a nonsense this like is, all of this is such this nonsense this is fucking farcical yeah yeah um it's so good tenant is gonna accept an award um and there's a dinner and like a famous people dinner so yep. they're like because the members of Han- you know you know that because the members of Hanson are there. Yes. Yep. And also maybe the mayor. <laughs> Unsure. Marco doesn't really know what the mayor looks like. <laughs> yes. Um, no, but he does know what Hanson looks like. Yeah. Uh, as any team from that era would. Mm-hmm. As I would currently right now. I don't know. I don't know what the mayor of my city looks like. Are you kidding me? Um. So. Uh, the the plan is generally speaking to just get. Um, a tenant to have a meltdown. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Publicly, um, to just be like, "Hey, he's not as gentle as you thought he was. We're just gonna get him riled up and have him say some violent stuff." Mm-hmm. Um, and just just in, just induce a heated gaming moment. Yes. Um, get him red, mad, and nude in real life. Um, and you know, I thought about it, and like, this isn't. I mean, this is like what eventually happens. Is I really think that. Um, doing violence to an animal is way more likely to get you actually canceled than doing violence to a human. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a good idea, in theory. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, it does not work out super well because, so, it doesn't seem like the plan is super organized when they're, like, going into it. It does it's seem like, they're just kind of freewheeling. from the start, they're like, so we're going to be roaches and we're going to go across the ceiling 
and immediately they're like, oh, roaches can't climb across the ceiling? Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't need to put in that part. They could have been like, yeah, okay, so we'll go in, we'll hug the wall, and uh, we'll make it across. That's fine. But instead they wrote in, no, we can totally go across the ceiling. Marco tries to go across the ceiling, falls, and everyone's like, did you die? And he's like, no. And Cassie's like, oh, shit, I really thought roaches could do ceilings. Uh, okay, then we won't do that. It's like, what? 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 And and this is all prefaced with the, like, week, like, somewhere close to a week, if not, like, like three to five days they had beforehand to, like, plan. Um, yeah. And this is the what they came up with. Uh, and... <laughs> In, in Cassie's defense, I also kind of thought that roaches just worked on ceilings. Yes, but you've never been a roach. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, but, like, it's uh, it stands to reason that, like, if you can chill on... If you can go up a wall, you can probably chill on a ceiling, but it doesn't work that way. No. I can see the logic. Listen, I'm not a child soldier. I Maybe I should... I, maybe this is why I'm not a child soldier, because I'm not more studious. Maybe if... I need to be more studious, and then an Andalite will descend from the heavens, give me the power to turn into my persona. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if, uh, well, okay. Um, I don't know if the logistics really work there. Um, listen, listen, if Cassie can do the, it's not, fl- it's not flying, it's falling with style shit, like she did, like she pulled last week, right. I can be, I can be my furry, I can be a furry for two hours at a time. Sure. <laughs> um, I just have to focus really hard the entire time. It's very true. Um, so... <laughs> How this breaks bad is in a lot of ways, mm. first of all. Um, so, uh, Marco's basically like, okay, so I guess I'll be like a busboy. That's fine. And then he talks to, he harasses the salad man into being like, hey, <laughs> Tana doesn't want tomatoes on a salad. Because um, so... it's, a, it's a banquet. And I, uh, like, it's a banquet, so it's not... Like all the food is pre-prepared, and it's just something they go also didn't consider. <laughs> yeah, this was made me laugh a lot as somebody who had done has done quite a bit of catering. Like uh-huh. I was just like, yeah, of course. <laughs> so um, yeah, and uh, Marco has gets assigned some gross kitchen duties. Um, pig bucket. Pig bucket. They 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 want to send Axe in, but they realize he can't be trusted with a mission in a kitchen. Uh, which is fair because later they do trust him and it was a mistake. Um, it goes so horribly wrong later. Yeah, Marco does some like really irresponsible morphing because he tries to become a spider to like join all of his friends in this salad and he accidentally becomes a skunk spider, which sounds so cute. I don't yeah, know. Does it? It sounded uniquely out. horrifying to me. Really? Oh, I loved it. I love thinking about a spider with little paws. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I'm big, big fan of this. Um, he does call it a spunk, which is unfortunate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I, I think it looks grotesque enough for people to be like horrified at the sight of it. Well, yeah, it do, it is apparently scary enough that we get at least one person calling about how this is the end of days. Yes. Uh, so, like, like to be clear, if I encountered this thing in the wild, I would shit myself and die. But, like, if you told me, hey, I have a spider-skunk hybrid here, I'm like, yes, please, show me more. It's, but, like, it's, if, I, if, I, if I get caught off guard by this thing, I'm, I just heart attack dead on the spot. I think you're, I think we're all correct. Um, <laughs> it's, but let <laughs> me explain. Um, it's, I think, yes, but also the tone of how this is discussed almost feels like, like some sort of her- surreal 
horror like short story but from the other perspective you know what i mean oh, absolutely yeah <laughs> like, like okay, to, to me for some reason this manifests oh sorry go on blair finish your thought well because because um marco just does this thing he skitters around he's like uh, discovered by the the kitchen staff and he he skitters into the bathroom and then he starts like talking into their brains with thought speak mm-hmm. um uh-huh. <laughs> and it's like he literally is an omen of the end days for anyone who doesn't know what the fuck is happening basically um yeah. which yeah, i just he, like takes the risk of like half unmorphing so that he gets bigger <laughs> It's like, Marco. And also takes the extremely big risk that none of the staff is controllers. Yeah, right? And also that the head... Sh- and also, like, as soon as Marco shoes them all away, uh, they they, talk, they they go over and tell the head chef, and the head chef is, like, in an egregiously transliterated French accent. It's... Uh, it's so egregious. I don't... I think this is the first time that Capelgate has, like, transliterated an accent, and it is... Whew. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's like someone doing like if someone like did like a write up of an s of an SNL sketch where like Andy Samberg was playing a French guy, <laughs> like this is what it, this is what it would read as. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> so. Yeah. So this head chef like it's 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 everything. So that goes wrong. Um, they don't end up at um, this, this, the proper like person salad, like Willem Rauder t- tenant salad. Instead, one of the Hanson brothers gets the the roach salad. It's Zach, and Zach. Which, is, which Cassie knows by how he screams, which I think is so funny because a she knows it's Zach Hanson by how he screams, and secondly, she's in roach form, so she doesn't even have that good of hearing, right? So she knows it that well. <laughs> Listen, she's just listened to a shitload of fucking... Oh, God, I had it on hand. They listened to a shitload of middle... She's listened to Middle of Nowhere, like, countless times. Yeah. Is that a Hanson album? Yeah, it's the Hanson album. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> it is 1999. Um... And so I think this all tracks yep. super well. And Tobias, I love, like, while this is all breaking so bad, Tobias is like, hey, guys, someday when this is all over and people ask us about the war, can we not tell them this part? <laughs> <laughs> oh, cause, so, and then they just regroup and they're just like, okay, let's try again. And I'm like, okay, I guess we're just going to stay in this little situation. So they're like, okay, let's have... Let's pair up Axe and Marco. Let's just mm-hmm. have that happen. Um, and then we'll see how that goes. And it goes so bad because uh, Marco gets ordered to run an errand. Um, and he's like, okay, fine, I'll do that real quick. Gets locked out of the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Has to run around the back. Uh, meanwhile, Axe is like, ooh, it smells like salt and grease in here. That's fun. Hi, fl- hey, my friends who are all fleas now. Hop onto my body. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to run some errands. Hey. <laughs> we're going to start um, clearing people's plates. And yeah. this obviously gets misinterpreted by our friendly alien. Yeah, and uh-huh. Marco, even, Marco even screams it out in his head because he is like locked out of the building doing the pig bucket. He's like, no, mm-hmm. what are you fucking doing? Don't say clean the plates. He's going to start licking them. And then, sure enough. Yeah. yeah. And like- also, there's this is like when I started to write about my catering experience because he starts like just going up to people and trying to like pull their plates away from them and they're like actually i'm not done and i'm like that is the 
fucking catering mood of the century. Because the thing about catering is there's so much waiting. It's interminable. It's all the time. You're waiting and waiting. And sometimes you get that one fucking person at the table who can't shut up long enough to eat their meal. And you're like, we can't serve your mains until your salad is done. Finish your salad. We can't clear any of the plates until that person finishes eating their salad. But they won't shut up and eat their salad. Eat your salad. Hey, eat your fucking salad. And so Axe just walking up and being like, hey, we're clearing plates. And they're like, actually, no, I'm not done. And he's like, well, but I have to. So I'm taking it. I was like, thank you. The catharsis of this alien teenager just ripping the plates out of people's hands. And then licking them ostensibly. Yeah, that's fine, too. Um, Um, Sorry to double back for a quick second, but I'm I'm on Hanson's Wikipedia page. And um, did you know they have 10 albums? Wow. Like, they they released an album last year. That's about, I would say, seven more than I expected them to have. Yeah, same. They released an album last year called String Theory. Oh. Huh. Yeah, I think, they, uh, yeah, I actually, this, this is all making sense. They're into, like, math rock now, I think. What? That's awesome. I think so. That, that unironically rules. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so, hey, Hanson, thanks. <laughs> Shout out. Hanson. The, uh, the Punch Up the Jam episode where they did Mbop, they talked a lot about how Hanson was actually really good musicians because they were all like homeschooled and just played music all the time so makes sense yeah yeah oh shit hans hansen day is in two weeks ha- what's hansen day may 6th what is it though it's just the day dedicated to hansen by uh tulsa's town mayor oh, oh. that's exciting <laughs> um there's I... a moment where barnco and axe are basically trying to like kind of blend into the crowd after all of this insanity has happened they mm-hmm. take off their catering uniforms and they go up to the table that may or may not contain the mayor. Um, and he's like, may we join you? And they point out that there's only one chair. And Marco says, it's okay. We're very good friends. And just yanks Axe into his lap. And <laughs> it was I, my favorite Ooh. part of the entire book, I think. It's so good. <laughs> it's really good. And um, yeah, Tenant receives an award called the Solid Citizen Award, which sure. is ridiculous. I liked his speech, unironically. Me too. <laughs> he's, he's like, you know what, how I... So basically this entire time we've got some kids under his toupee as fleas biting him. Uh, but he ignores them and talks about how the core principle of his philosophy is love. And I was like, word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then they're no, all good. frustrated because they don't make him lose it. They just, he's just fine. He deals with yeah. it. His yeah. head is just a little itchy. Yeah. <laughs> His head probably just does that sometimes. Must be a side effect of toupees. Right? Yes. Yes. Um, I have to imagine. Uh, scalp sensitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so they, like, so it's not really they regroup so much as they just like, well, go home, <laughs> bye. And so Marco just is just like chilling. Um, he's like, he says I'm just... that he went online, got in a chat about music, and ended up calling everyone morons. And I was like, wow, the <laughs> internet is online. the same. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so he's like going to eat some uh, cookies and drink some milk, and then Cassie is just like, we're going to do a therapy now. Yeah. Hey, Cassie it's just... me, it's Cassie, yeah. it's your friend, I'm here now, we're going to do a therapy. <laughs> Fuck you, you're talking to me now. It's amazing. <laughs> And he's like, he's holding up pretty well. And then she just starts listing everything that he's gone through. And he's like, okay, fine. 
Yeah. Okay. 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 That's enough. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I loved how this wrapped up because basically, yet again, Cassie gives up because Marco is not being receptive. Um, and as she's leaving, she talks about how when animals would come into the sanctuary having been hurt purposefully by humans, she would get really angry and she would just like go off on these rants and her dad basically was like listen all we can do is deal with what is mm-hmm. um the animal is hurt so you help the animal mm-hmm. and i was like fucking praxis yes, yes. <laughs> like it made me so happy that she was just like listen we can't always you know get to the root of everything we have to we have to like take care of the injury uh, mm-hmm. And you right now you have these open wounds, which are your dad is lonely and you are grieving your mom. You can solve one of those things. Like, right. that's where we're at. And it's mm-hmm. not fair. It sucks. There are still people out there hurting animals and fixing the animal doesn't remove that person and doesn't make them a better person, but it still helps the animal. Right, right. And I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's the best. And I That's just love her. their interactions so much. I know. Yeah. They're but good. It's, it's there's, just there's not a, a really, de- there's, there's a really good moment where Cassie is um, like, uh, Marco, you don't know. Like Marco is like, Tobias isn't losing it. Axe isn't losing it. And Cassie's like, Marco, you don't know what they've gone. Th- you, you don't fucking. No, I'm sorry. I'm fucking. You don't know what they've gone through. You don't like because because you you all of you dudes are also private about your own personal grief. Right. Yeah. You have no idea how upset they are. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, well, uh, and then Mark, Marco, uh, she's like, yeah, I know that the guy code is why you never talk about your feelings. And Marco's like, who told you about the guy code? That's supposed to be a secret. It's cute. They're cute. It's cute. (sighs) Yeah. And then basically they start poodle torturing tenant. Uh, It's so good. Marco just follows him around as Euclid the poodle bothering him trying to bait him into attacking the poodle in public and in the middle of this we get marco's dad being like hey listen i want to marry your math teacher and marco's like okay i'm having a panic attack bye uh and they leave to try and get tenant to basically kill marco on camera yeah. Uh, and yeah i loved so they they basically plan this for um they want Tennant to, like, lose it in the studio, and there is a big, like, network executive there, um, and Marco starts basically talking about his Star Trek fan fiction, because he's like, ooh, can I pitch my idea for the next Star Trek season? Because I thought this and this and this, and Jake's like, shut the fuck up, and Tobias is like, yeah, shut up, let's talk about it later, though, <laughs> because I've always thought, and Jake's like, everyone shut up. It's so fun. Yeah. Um, except for the rest of this, which is not fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so, because Marco becomes a poodle polar bear. A poodle bear, as he points is out. Like, I'm, he's like, I'm going to kill this dude. Uh, uh, because he's a seal yerk. Um, and my brain's not working super well right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then, like, Jake everything's going wrong and there's there's a, a bit of like a running joke in this i guess that like axe is just like doing things as though nothing is happening around him like at the at the banquet it was mentioned that like 
like there was there's like some bunch of chaos going around and like Axis was like licking a plate and he just like is calmly like relaying details of what's going on to everyone like nothing is happening. Yeah. And then during this he's just like standing by with the camera when like the fucking studio is exploding and there is a polar bear sized poodle. It's very funny. Mm-hmm. It's great. <laughs> um, it's and, very Axe. Yeah, um, and Marco basically like can't control this morph and he's threatening the hell out of uh, Tenant. And Cassie tries to do her, like, talk to me thing. She's like, hey, hey, it's okay. You can get control of this. Talk to me. Come on. It's going to be okay. And Jake just cuts in and is like, hey, Marco, cope now. Mm -hmm. We do not have time for this. And Mm -hmm. Cassie's like, Jake, he's, like, going through some shit. Can you? And Jake's like, no. You know what, Cassie? Marco isn't you. He isn't me. He isn't any of us. He's Marco. And he needs to shut the fuck up and deal with his shit. Right? And Marco's like... Okay. <laughs> yeah. Jake is Marco's best friend. Yes! Um, and he knows that Marco needs to be bullied into dealing with his problems. Yeah, exactly. It's so good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Jake just says, just doesn't want to, I don't want to hear a trope where he's like, listen, it's just like what Marco always says. And Marco's like, what do I always say? And Jake is like, life is either tragedy or comedy. You, Julie, it's your choice. You can whine about it or you can laugh. And he's like, and Marco's like, oh yeah, I do, I do say, say that. Oh, <laughs> it's good. It's, it's like the, it's, the, it's the exact same energy that left at London. But I'm like, I do that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh my god, she's so funny. Um, Marco, Marco voice. I'm gonna munch. I'm gonna crunch. Oh my god, absolutely. yes. That's canon. Oh my god. Like that and like Marco A would absolutely listen to Death Grips and B do the when you forget how to spell lasagna. Oh yeah. N <laughs> So Uh Tenant basically grabs an electrical cord and plans to whip this toy poodle to death. Um and they manage to broadcast it. Right, and Axe, Axe, like, throws the camera on, he does, like, he, he's obviously, like, uh, there's been a running joke in this book, too, about how he's been watching too much television, like, that's yeah. one of the things since he got a TV, but he's just like, here's Marco! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I imagine to him in his head is just like, this is just a ritual, this is a thing that needs to be done before any television. Oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> like, he's not, like, playing into any roles, he just thinks that needs to be done before the camera will work. Yep. And I love, so basically they're like, nope, fuck this guy. He tried to kill a dog on screen. He's canceled now. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love this wrap up so much at the beginning. At the end, it goes a little off the rails. But it like, no, because so Marco's like, so I talked to my dad. And two weeks later, there's a wedding. Yeah. Did I misread I was like, that? Yeah. I was like, oh, th- surely they're going to like pull the the rug out underneath us and it's an unrelated wedding but they're just uh, he's just enjoying the concept of weddings you know that's but no no he they get they don't even have a like they get married two weeks later and it's like a big wedding yeah like how did they do that i they they planned this months in advance and just like they were just really hoping marco said yes maybe that's it honestly But it's great because um, Tobias has been helping Axe practice small talk. Um, and Axe is talking about the weather. He's like, 
I am very pleased with the atmospheric conditions we are experiencing today. The lack of clouds have allowed the sun to shine through, thus making electrical lighting unnecessary. 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 <laughs> also, the lack of precipitation has kept my artificial skin from becoming uncomfortably damp, which, and Marco's like, shut the fuck up. And Tobias is like, let him. Let him. We, <laughs> we, we practiced. And they're friends. He's doing so great. <laughs> I love them. I just, I just, it just. I just love them kind of hanging out in a semi-normal situation, but still just being freakazoids together. See, this yeah. would this this would definitely be an amazing like season ender. I love a season ender yes. that ends with like a wedding or at least a dance. You know, mm-hmm. a big group dance as the camera pans out. I think all shows should end that way. Yeah, this <laughs> yeah. is this is this is absolute. This is abs- when this gets adapted into like four seasons of no. This is the season three finale. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really it's great, a- and, especially um, with the cliffhanger that we get at the very end of it. Yes, so. Like, Marco is, like, fondly sort of reflecting on his mother. I love, there's a quote that he's like, yeah, she always taught me to think, like, is life a big, long, tiresome slog from sadness to regret to guilt to resentment to self-pity? Or is life weird, outrageous, bizarre, ironic, and just stupid? (laughs) And he's like, I think it's stupid. That's great. And I I was like, aw. Again, Anamorous managed to hit on, like, three core tenets of my philosophy in this book, which is mm-hmm. love is real, uh, materialism, and mm-hmm. life is dumb, whatever. And also and also the fourth one, finish your fucking food at a banquet. Oh, and yeah, yeah, of course. That's important to me, too. <laughs> that's, that's, like, that's like in your, in like, Seda's hierarchy of needs, like, like, fourth from the top is, like, just let the service people take your plate. Yeah, I don't work catering anymore, so it's less yeah. important to me now. Um, okay. And then, dun dun dun, the phone rings. And it it's 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 Visser. <laughs> no. Well, wait. Wait, is it not? Wait, hold on. I was <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Yeah, it's Visser. Yeah. Isn't it his mom? Yeah, yes. it's Visser 1. Oh, yeah, okay, fine. I never call her just Visser. That's fine. Okay. I yeah. was like, did I, did I read a different book? <laughs> I was like, yeah. or did I misread? What's happening? <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's a cliffhanger, and it does, uh, it is a little bit disappointing to know that the, the titular Visser in the book Visser is Visser 1 and not 3. Is that really I, it? I'm assuming so because the the book ends with "to be continued" in Visser. Oh no! Well, that's yeah. So I, I mean, I I still like Visser one. I want to see, but like, God, I just I want a Visser three book. I'm sure Visser three will feature prominently in this, but like, (sighs) yeah, I was really looking forward to a Visser three book, but I bet it's still gonna be really good. Well, yeah. I'm sure. Th- I'm sure that this podcast will inspire fan fictions about that until the end of time. This Probably. podcast will write fan fictions. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say. I'm already. I'm already planning some. You know, as soon as we're done and I can safely look at the wiki. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so many fan fictions. Uh, <laughs> cool. 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 Um, yep. So in two weeks we will um, be talking about. Um, Visser, which is I think our f- last non-mainline book that we have to talk about. Have to that we <laughs> talk about. <laughs> that we no, are- there is there is another Megamorphs. Though I guess if you consider this part of the timeline. Sure, sure, that- sure. 
Yeah, there's um, Megamorphs 4, and then there's technically... Oh, no, we did we do the Elemis Chronicles? We did. No. Did we? No, did we not? I don't think... We, we've done the Andalite and the Hork-Bajir Chronicles. I don't yeah. think we've done the Elemis Chronicles. Because the oh, reading boy. list that I have puts Elemis Chronicles way at the end. Okay, okay. Almost like so, the second to last book. So I just got really foolhardy there. Um... <laughs> We're more than half done the non-mainline books and also the mainline books. Yes, yes. Um, we are, I mean, we're not super close, but we're close. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we got some questions this week. Uh, I tweeted, this week's your favorite Animorphs podcast write the proposal. Ask us about annoying dogs, mixed morphs, self-help books, and Star Trek pitches. Sure. Um, so uh, Heavenly Evan wants to know, do you think Visor 1 being revealed to be alive, still be alive cheapens the previous Marco book? No. No, yeah, it's not coming no. a mile away. Not at all. Like, I mean, yeah, it there was... Is, there is no... There was no way that... Like, I, I... That book still had a very big emotional hit to me. Um, every Marco book does, honestly. But, um, I, I also, like... I, I even... Like, I... This is one of the plot details I was unsure of. But, like, even given that, I knew for a fact that Visor 1 was not, like, done. Well, yeah. and, like, the thing is, even if she had never technically popped up again... Like, I understand that there was a lot of uh, confusion and grief coming from the fact that, like, he didn't know, and that was hard for him. Um, but eventually, she just would have been assumed dead. And yeah. I think, I, so I don't think that there was as much conflict there as, like, as much interest in conflict there as there is having her come back. Yes, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. her story arc is, like, not done. Yeah, absolutely. No. Yeah, so I'm actually uh, really excited to see her again. So yeah, yeah next book's gonna be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Heavenly Evan also wants to know: Are there any pets that you've encountered that have terrorized you in the way that Poodle does to Marco? Animals love me. Yeah, uh, I'm <laughs> um, trying to think of any animal that. Though was... I mean, I have interacted with some dogs that just need too much from me so they're not really terrorizing me they just take up a lot of my emotional space (laughs) and i start to relate to like bad tumblr posts about introverts where i'm just like uh yeah you need so much from me no Uh, yeah most of my quote-unquote negative reactions with animals have been dogs and it's like not their fault it's just like they're big and they have big person they're just like taller than me if they were standing on their hind legs kind of dogs yeah um and also very high energy um and i just don't ever have anything for them in any sort of capacity um and i just don't know how to communicate that to them (laughs) yep um i can't remember this i can't remember if this is a thing that chunk did or if this is a thing that like uh the 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 horned dragon that i had when i was like 10 did but okay so that dragon did very much jump on my face and put a claw on my eyelid the first time i held him oh um and also i'm pretty sure he shit on my shoulder the first day that i held him (laughs) it's um just breaking down all the barriers yep yeah especially the one between it and uh your eyeball (laughs) and um lastly we uh at uh, Cod Comrade wants to know what is each Animorph's go-to self-help book. Oh God, I don't. Um, well, I don't think any of them are the. Well, let's see. Axe honestly is probably would be the one most likely to read a self-help book. I think so. Yeah, but like if we if we like if there is a gun to our head and we have to force each and we have to give each of the Animorphs a book to, uh, a self-help book to read, what are we doing? Well, who, gets, who who gets who moved my cheese? 
I don't know what that books. is. I don't know any self help books. I've never. Yeah. I, I just oh. googled self help books. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, mean, like... I think I think there would be some non I think there would definitely be some non standard ones though. I know this is like just playing into a trope, but I think that Rachel would like get some therapeutic things out of or, no, not Rachel. Jake would honestly probably get us a little bit of therapeutic things out of reading The Art of War. I, I Is that I a self help book? No, like I said, non standard. <laughs> okay. Um I can see yeah. Jake and Marco getting suckered into the secret for a short amount of time. <laughs> that is so fun. No, that is <laughs> Oh, yeah, like, when they're in, like, their, like, early, like, uh, like adulthood, I guess. Like, young yeah. adulthood. Like, early 20s. Yeah, um, and they, like, the- <laughs> don't believe it, but they, like, kind of really believe it until, like, Rachel and Tobias are like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, they both pretend to be into it, like, as a joke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they irony posting about the secret to, uh, to, to disguise their... <laughs> yes. I can you know. also see Marco reading, like, How to Win Friends and Influence People, something like that. And I can see Marco getting very close to being suckered in by, like, pickup artist books. Oh, oh my yeah. Oh, God, yeah. If, and his friends would have to pull him back from the edge. Yeah. Marco yeah. shows up in, like, a weird hat one day, and Rachel's like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think i actually um i think that um rachel would notice but also like tobias would also be like oh no oh i've seen this book absolutely um yeah that that's those are our those are our phd takes on self-help and animorphs mm-hmm. um i also like the idea of marco just turning to like very bad joke books as a form of catharsis oh I used to like not 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 self not not like self help but just like in and it, just in general yeah just like he he's feeling bad he just like opens like a mind like those Minecraft joke books that oh. like half the punchlines are he was destroyed yes <laughs> <laughs> I used to check out a lot of those when I was like uh, six from the public library I don't know why I wasn't like a funny person um, <laughs> but you know. Uh, <laughs> all right so uh thank you all for listening this week uh you can support the show uh patreon.com forward slash fear baiting uh five dollars a month and up gets your name read on the show uh so thank you to um our patrons ducky aisha yeah ducky aisha sophie paul bechtel kit spindler paul moran and michael kaiser thank you all the most and so much um, if you want to contact the show, you can do so, uh, at, on Twitter, at the Wonder Yerks. Um, that's basically it. Uh, you can also listen to our sister podcast, uh, Fear Baiting, which is where Sarah talks about a horror movie yeah. once a week. I'm um, doing, I'm doing, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2 with, uh, my girlfriend Andrea this week. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you want to find me online, you can do so at Blair Kitch on Twitter or BlairKitch.tumblr.com. Uh, if you want to find me, uh, you can check me out on Twitter at SunHatGenia. You can also listen to me on Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die, the leftism politics podcast for the Terminally Online. Uh, I also just recorded an episode, uh, on, I was also just a guest, uh, uh, guest again on the Very Good Sex in the City podcast, uh, City Girls Make Do. It is, I said some stuff on that podcast that I can't unsay. Uh, your crimes will be revealed soon enough. 
Oh, 100%. Like, if there's going to be a cold open, in which I say one of, like, it's not even, like, it's a bot, it's like, a, it's like, it is like, if I said it, it would be, like, the worst, if I said it on fear baiting, it would be, like, in the, like, the five worst things I ever said on fear baiting, did not chart in, like, the five worst things that I said that episode. <laughs> um, I'm on Twitter at nudity with an E instead of a Y, and you can check out my other podcast where I make tiny songs to solve tiny problems at Music for Mole Hills or Musical Mole on Twitter, and all of my other music at gaygothvibes.online. Nice. Nice, 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 nice. Um, yeah. All right. Fabulous. Uh, thank you all for listening. We will catch you in two weeks with Visser. Um, but until then, I have been Blair. I'm Sarah. And I'm Seda. And remember, keep, keep your hands on the Escatol device. Musical outfit. Oh, that was a long one. Yes. Longer than I expected it to be since this was quite a short book. Yeah.